Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The China Shop. I am your host, Kyle, and joining me this week is the prosperous and profitable Purdue. He's filling in for Eric while I think he's out exploring Florida, of all places. Uh, how are you doing today, Mike? Great. Thanks for having me. Is this your first podcast appearance ever? Yes, it is. Are you nervous? Of course. Don't be! Always. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh no uh you've been uh one of the the main contributors in the discord i think it's only fitting we finally get you on the mic uh been wanting to do something maybe another another one of these we can sit down with you and do more of a, a longer format one get me hooked right yeah before we know <laughs> it you'll have your own <laughs> yeah. oh but before we dive into today's news discussion i'd like to just take a quick moment to say thank you to our sponsors and friends over at manscaped trade pro academy and Orderflow labs by now, we all know Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. But did you know they launched a line of beard care products? Luckily for you, we have an exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping using promo code 2 at manscaped.com. As always, that is the number two. When it comes to institutional quality trading education, look no further than tradeproacademy.com. In our free Discord server, you'll find instructions to take advantage of our discount with them as well. And for all you degenerates, like us who enjoy trading futures, you'll definitely want to look into the custom tools and studies over at orderflowlabs.com. And as always, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you can uh, check out Mike on Twitter and follow him at, uh, at Mike E. Purdue. Wait, damn it. At, <laughs> at Mike, Mike, M. Mike M. Purdue. Yes. <laughs> like, I wanted to say empire in there for some reason. <laughs> Criminally underrated. Uh, I've been following your posts for a while now. I love the stuff that you you, you stick out there. Thank you. No, uh, none of that self-aggrandizing shit or you know calling shots. Like it's it's the raw stuff that you know doesn't get said enough. Not anymore. No, no more shot calling anymore. Just observations. Uh, right. <laughs> All right. Last thing uh, before we move on here, be sure to reach out with suggestions, corrections, or questions for future guests. You can do that via email at twobulls at com, or you can join that many times mentioned free Discord server where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned with other like-minded market aficionados. I have all those links in the episode description, but for now, let's uh, let's dive in and talk about some news. I think probably the best place to start would be with the slew of Fed speakers that we've seen coming on this week. Yep, they uh, definitely opened up this week, didn't they? Uh, the yeah, <laughs> it all started with Powell, right? Yep, Powell kicked things off on Tuesday, and I think the only thing that people heard him say was that the inflation is on the decline, basically that we've entered the disinflationary process. I think is what he, what the exact phrasing was. It was funny, too, just to watch the charts because the market didn't seem to know what to do with the information either because that day was just a pinball from the high to the lows. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was a nutty one. <laughs> um, 
Did you catch any of that? Did you try to trade any of that uh, nonsense? Nope. I don't trade any time uh, Fed, Mr. Powell speaking. I take a break. Just Powell or any of them? Yeah, it's really just Powell. He's the one that, uh, based on my uh, experience and journaling, that uh, I need to avoid him at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting that you, you actually track that as a stat. Oh, yes. Is that something that you had been doing before or is it just uh, like you looked at some bad results and tried to find the commonality and found that that was the case? Yep. When you can pinpoint your two biggest losses and they both have FOMC in your notes, that's a big red flag to just to go ahead and avoid that. So then how do you trade around these these events then? Do you- um, if I'm in a trade, like I'll trade the morning for FOMC or anytime Mr. Powell speaking and I will leave the trade. If it's in profits, I'll put it to break even mm-hmm. um, and then let it play out as the news breaks, you know, it gets to my target faster or it breaks me out. But then after he's the statements and the news is going, I'll wait about 15 minutes for the algos just to calm down a little bit. And then I'll look for a setup. I think that was one of the biggest realizations I had was not trying to capture the initial move. No, let it settle out. Let the, let some structure start to build. And then you can see where at least liquidity is coming in. Yeah, some people, I mean, I know some people make their living just only trading FOMC statements and that type of volatility. And for me, it's just completely opposite. I I know where my edge is to play, and that's where I don't want to play. That's a great point. I think we talked about that with earnings. If you don't have an edge in knowing what the earnings report is going to be, you're just gambling at that point. Yeah, like Eric with his options. I mean, he has a strategy you can use for that. I mean, that's more power to him. Yes. But he's also not YOLOing zero day expiration calls either. He's got yeah, like a, exactly. a, a real process that, that looks to capture, you know, the, the decay in volatility. Uh, so what were all the other Fed members speaking that are saying? Were you paying attention to any of that today? Waller said some statements today about the Fed will maintain the tight stance on policy. And there was another article that we saw that came out that uh, where Powell was saying, he sees a, a significant decline in inflation this year. Mm-hmm. But then we have another article that came out the day before that from D- uh, Delta Airlines saying that they're raising employee rates. What was it? 5%? The pay rates? Yeah, the pay rates. Yeah, yeah. All employees, 5%. That's their second raise in less than 12 months. And I think that's the kind of like the polar opposite of what Powell wants. Uh, yeah, their war on jobs. That's not... Uh... Definitely, he's he's mentioned many times that the the wage inflation or wage pressures are contributing to inflation in his mind. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, so seeing things like that is like that. The blowout jobs report last week. Uh, I think this was the first time he addressed that too. The Delta Airlines article also talked about how travel is is really strong as well. So mm-hmm. either people are stir crazy and need to get out of their houses, or they're opening up their wallets a little bit and. That's again against Powell's, you know, what he wants to happen. Right. Uh, did Delta release their earnings too? Um, they did. I did not catch that one. Pulling them up right now. It looks like it came out on Friday. Um, actually, pretty damn good earnings. I'm looking at their chart though. I don't know that I'd want to try to trade anything right where it's at now. It's kind of sitting in the middle of two key areas for me. Yeah. And the daily kind of looks like a big bear flag. A little bit, doesn't it? But if you get out into the higher time frames, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, I've got an area at like 35 that I'd like to, I think would be a nice uh, retest for, for a long entry. And then I think shorts would be in play if it ever peaks back up around 45 to 46. 
Yeah, the 40 area is going to be the troublesome area. Mm -hmm. But I really do think if it does get above 40, if you go even farther out, like if, if this was a buy and hold, it's not that bad of a chart to me. Um, right. On a crazy time frame, but the monthly kind of has like that start almost to a big W pattern. What is half a W? It's a U, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What else? What else has been going on? Oh, there was one other thing that I want to touch on before we talk about uh, uh, the latest earnings one that you had, and that was the the president's State of the Union. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not one that typically follows that. Uh, I don't think I even watched it. I just read the cliff notes the next day. Uh, actually, really glad I didn't because I don't like listening to a bunch of people shout insults at each other. Yes. Um, but there was one thing that stuck out in this, uh, in this speech to me, and that was the made in America policies that he's, he's working on trying to basically reinvigorate the manufacturing and specifically microchips. Yeah, that goes with, uh, I think it was Eric Mason was speaking about the, the, the technology to make the microchips and everything. Mm -hmm. I really wonder how long it would take if TSM were to move, how long it would take for that technology to move somewhere else. Like we are sending tanks to Ukraine and I think it's like 35 Bradleys mm -hmm. and it's going to take five years for those we could build. So how... oh, what really? Yeah. I was assuming when they do that, we're just sending surplus. No, what I had heard it is they're actually um, not sending current inventory. They're building new ones to send there. Oh, well that just sounds like, Basically, we want to say we're doing something nice, but we don't want to actually do anything. Or also kind of a little worrisome how long that's going to take, how long they plan this war. I, right. <laughs> that's the worrisome part. I can't but, imagine that war is going to last five years, though. Can you? I really, really hope not. Oh, jeez. Oh, fuck that. I hope that doesn't happen. It just gets, I love the idea, though, of bringing everything as much as we can back to to the United States, because I really believe we need to produce more than we consume. Well, especially with semiconductors, too. I mean, semiconductors, I think we've learned like just how big of a national security item that those should fall under. Yes. Like that steel production, like those kinds of things, like we have to have the capability to make that stuff at home. A hundred percent. And we, yeah, we definitely saw the reasons why we need to be able to do that uh, fairly recently. Yeah. I had to wait for my truck for over a year. <laughs> <laughs> It's not Ford, was it? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I've been watching SOXS uh, uh, before this uh, statement came out or before the, the uh, what do you call it? The State of the Union address uh, because it looked like to me semiconductors are already starting to get perky. So I'm wondering if maybe somebody uh, might have had some beforehand knowledge of what was going to be said there. Yeah, those special committees. But then again, on the other hand, um, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a hard time passing anything with the split Congress. So whatever he's saying is pretty much just fluff. Isn't that what every politician says is just fluff? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what most of this go to, uh, this paper is talking about is basically his, how he's trying to strengthen his bid in 2024. Yeah, so we can add this a list of things that will never happen. Yeah, politics is definitely, I'm in the same boat with you. It's kind of one that I just kind of try to avoid. I like the charts. <laughs> I like the charts. I... Politics would be nice, but just nobody can have a civil discussion about any of it. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things you don't talk about in the you know conversation at the dinner table. <laughs> Religion right. and politics. That's how we try to run the podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back 
fresh off a rebrand and ready to help is Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. All right, what was the uh, the earnings that you, you you found for us that came out just a few minutes ago? Disney beat expectations. Subscribers' losses aren't as bad as feared. Wait, that's the, the bullish headline? Yep, that is um, we we beat, just uh, not as bad. <laughs> they actually missed on revenue and subscribers, but beats on EPS. Wait, they missed on revenue? I saw a slight beat, I thought. Um, oh, yeah, it did beat. 99 cents for a share, adjusted 78 cents. What was the the revenue numbers? Revenue was 23.5 to 23.3. So what about the subscriber numbers, though? That's the, the meat of it I want to hear. How many did they lose? I don't see the uh, what was just says in the article, one point, sorry, 161 million expected, according to Street Account. Up at the top, there it is. A uh, recent price hike for Disney's streaming service likely led to the loss of around 2.4 million subscribers during the quarter. Wow. Ooh, 2.4 out of... So what percentage does that work out to be? That's not... It's actually not that bad, depending on what they actually raised it, right? Yeah, which also goes kind of in line with the Delta article about how they're talking about air travel is really picking up pace and people are getting outside. Maybe that is the correlation to Disney, why the subscriptions is low. Oh, because people are leaving. Yeah. That makes sense. I think Disney, though, has a tougher road anyway as far as the streaming services go. I, every time I've signed up for their services, it's only to watch The Mandalorian because I think that's the only show that they have that's like geared towards something I would like. Everything else is kid kid focus yeah they have a specific audience that they they try to target and they you know even i saw i think it was another article actually i saw on the tvs at the gym the disney in la is actually trying to raise the minimum wage for all employees i think also as well three dollars for just their employees yeah all their employees i believe are minimum wage or their minimum wage of disney is 15 dollars an hour Mm -hmm. and i believe the labor union for the for disney in la is trying to raise it three dollars oh okay that makes more i thought you're saying that disney was trying to raise it it's like disney can they're in charge of that yeah that the <laughs> unions the, i think it was like the that what they call the street performers and actors that actually mm. perform out and around in disney they're trying to raise their minimum rate i've heard disney is a horrible place to work yeah disney is uh, i've heard some fables i mean i've had some friends get in trouble there and went off to different places that were underground that they don't want to talk about <laughs> oh those jail things are real yeah <laughs> yeah we had our uh, our senior retreat was there and uh i didn't go to that but uh some of our buddies one of my buddies got in trouble on the one of the rides and they opened some dark doors and took them away Oh, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? Yeah. In a dungeon in the fucking Magic Kingdom. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, let's pull up the chart then. Let's take a look at this thing and see if there's like how would you how do you take this news and if you were to try to make a trade off of that, like what would you be looking at? I would be looking at sell the news personally, but I mean earnings is up right now in post market. I see Disney pulling up here to 117.50, which is a swing high on the daily chart. Mm -hmm. And then it's got another little small one at 118.43 with a gap right there. You see that gap at 118.43 to 119.50. That would be an interesting area. Oh, that's a little gap. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you'd be looking for like a spike into that and then. Yes. And rejection. How do you uh, how do you quantify a rejection? Um, my favorite chart is well, I mean that's a rabbit hole, man. Oh, I know. Yes, do, boil it down in two minutes or less. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the million ways to look at it, but I prefer my favorite chart is a five minute chart and mm -hmm. a fifteen minute chart and an hourly chart. So whatever time frame you like trading. Um, but the biggest thing is just simple candlestick. You want to see rejection, which is a long wick. If you're trying to short, you want to see that wick show rejection, which means sellers are stepping in and pushing price down, rejecting that area. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking for a close below that candle and then taking that short. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the post price right now. It looks like it's still trying to climb on us. Uh, yeah, it is. Into that gap as we speak. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anywhere from, I, I, yes, it would make most sense. Watch this thing off of the open. Pay attention to that 125 area is like the top of the, I think that's the most recent swing high. Yeah. I think that is going to be the area to really watch on this one. There's actually a second gap right there at 121. Little baby gap. 122. There, like, like there's a little island day right there. Oh, shit. They, what floor we call it? They must be giving guidance right now because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this thing's moving. <laughs> it is. We don't usually record this early. Bridge that gap. Didn't reject it. It's already at 120 as we speak. I don't like <laughs> trading after hours. Yeah, I don't either. I think I've done it once and I don't never do that again. I used to do it a lot. There's just no liquidity, right? Like the price can just swing so quickly and you just never know like where you're going to actually get filled when you use uh, stops. It's just a different feel. It's like trading mm -hmm. futures, trading RTH and trading Globex. It just feels different. And you're kind of used to that tempo. And then when you change, it, it, I never liked it. Yeah. Like I think I sat through a Globex session once just to see the difference. I was like, God damn, I sat in a, when I was my, most of my trades at that time, I think lasted five minutes and like a scalp with the same parameters and uh, on the overnight session was like an hour before I got stopped out. It was like watching your... <laughs> Watching your trade go to shit in slow motion. <laughs> the only way to trade Globex is if you're busy doing something else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in fact, I'm finding that the keeping myself occupied is actually the best way to trade in general. It is. It really is. And then, then working your strategy around what you need to be doing. Right. Ah, uh, yes. I like. I mean, okay, we got to get you back on because we're gonna have to dive into more about the, using the multiple time frame charts and how you. How you set that up and how you action on that. Sure. I'd be an honor. All right. Got anything you want to uh, to end the show on before we wrap things up here? Keep your losses small. <laughs> New tagline. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody who stuck around to the end. We'll be back soon with another exciting episode. But... 
until uh, until then, you're just going to have to either listen to, to old episodes on repeat or maybe if you're feeling really nice, maybe you can just jump onto your platform of choice and rate, subscribe, share, eh, any of those things. All goes a long way to helping, helping the show. But uh, until we... Uh, uh, I should have wrote this out before I tried to do it off the fucking cuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be back soon with another exciting episode. But until then, uh, we got to say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.